Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm with my sister, Julie Dolan, who is in Dallas, Texas. It is Tuesday, June 7th. Hi, Jewel. Hey, Leanne. I'm so happy to be with you. And you know what, Leanne? The sun is shining in Texas today. Hooray. We have had a lot of rain, sister. A lot of rain. A lot of rain. Yes. Yes. You even had distant relatives call you to make sure you were okay and not floating away. Yes. Aunt Nancy called in, Leanne. She she didn't even have my phone number, but she tracked it down. She wanted to make sure I was okay, which I thought was very nice. Very nice of her. Yes. Thinking of everybody in Texas today, Florida, I guess, is getting hammered by Tropical Storm Colin. Um, while my tropical storm, Colin, is just asleep, uh, enjoying <laughs> his second week of summer vacation. We got to get him going this week. I gave him one week, Julie, one week where I wouldn't bug him about anything. But okay. Now, now like, I'm going that's back his to graduation. Yeah. That's his graduation yeah. present. Yeah. I'm bug back free. To bugging. <laughs> All right. It's Tuesday on Satellite Sisters. So that means we're going deep on some shallow topics. But we have one topic, Julie, that is enormous. I am going to try to explain black holes. <laughs> Are you really? Okay. You know what? I know you're concerned. If, you, if you're not concerned now, you will be by the end of my explanation about if I get sucked into a black hole, can I ever get out? And uh, we almost have the answer. Uh, we, oh, good. By so we, this uh, is sort of survival tips if you get stuck in a black really. hole. No. Okay. No. It's not okay. that at all. It's not that okay. at all. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, last week. I think it's fair to say that my conversation about how to take a summer vacation by visiting post offices and postal museums was a huge hit with the Satellite Sisterhood. Don't you think, Jewel? Leanne, people responded. I mean, there are a lot of uh, postal systems and stamp lovers out there. There's no doubt. <laughs> people had their own pictures of post offices they had visited that they put up on the Facebook page. But you did two tours this weekend, two different tours in Vermont. You were there for a family wedding, so we're going to hear about that. Mm -hmm. Um, You apparently have a survey about shoes. That sounds pretty hard-hitting. Well, it is, Leanne. Shoes. (laughs) Everybody has them. Okay, so we're 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 going to ask some penetrating questions. And we'll just see how your shoes stack up with uh, national averages. Okay. And speaking of penetrating, I have a beauty tip, Julie, that is going to change the way you apply moisturizer. It is? Yes. I fear it's too late, Leanne. It is not too late. It is not too late. It is not too late. Uh, we also have our Outlander uh, recap and or commentary, and it's it's voting day here in California. So we, I have a voting date later on this evening or uh, this afternoon with my son. We're going to talk about that. But first, I know you're waiting for bated breath. What did I serve before the Copa America game on Saturday night? Remember we just yes. We explained, Leanne, that you you and your family are crazy soccer fans. They're having some giant giant tournament in your backyard, right. uh, correct? And it's an international ter- tournament, and you came up with the inspired idea of serving the food from the countries uh, that are playing uh, individual games. It's so- exactly right, Julie. Well done. The Copa America giant tournament happening all over America. And uh, it's the 100th anniversary, but it's in the U.S. for the first time. And they're playing some of the early round games at the Rose Bowl. And so we bought, we're in for all three games. And many of my husband's coworkers and friends and neighbors, they're also in. So we're having some pre-parties here. People can park at our house and then just walk down to the Rose Bowl. So I was going to make just a grilled flank steak with chimichurri for the Brazil a game. Brazil, Ecuador was on Saturday night, but then the news came out that it was going to be a hundred degrees on Saturday afternoon, like honestly a hundred. And it's, but the grill is positioned in our backyard in the hottest spot in the backyard, like at exactly grilling time. So Julie, I quickly had to recalculate. I wouldn't go with the flank steak. I went with Ecuadorian shrimp ceviche. And it was a huge hit. I mean, is nothing's more refreshing than some shrimp ceviche on a hot day. Okay, Leon, so, good idea. Yeah. And you made this for everyone? That was the main course? Made or it for everyone. Is- I just, yeah, everyone. And I went to the special market here. We have this international food market, which is, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's so huge. It's not a place I can shop every week because I get overwhelmed by like, grape leaves and tapatio sauce and stuff like that. They have 
international foods from all over, but they had the good plantain chips that we oh. had in Ecuador. When I was in Ecuador a year ago, we had a lot of this shrimp ceviche. It's sort of a national dish. And the plantain chips, which is better than a tortilla chip, but tastes delicious. So went with that. Summer brought the Brazilian rum to make those what are those drinks? I want to say capoeira, but I know that's a Brazilian. It's caipirinha or caipirinha. something. Like, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. capoeira is a Brazilian martial arts, not a cocktail. <laughs> caipirinha. I might make a nice cocktail, Leanne, but. I know. Signature cocktail. Okay, okay. good. Someone like brought that. Yeah, the Brazilian drink and yeah. the Ecuadorian, Ecuadorian food. Ceviche, I like that. The plantains. Uh, I had a lot of men coming. In fact, almost all men. It was like 18 men and me and this other woman. Um, so I made some enchiladas, which are just 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 filling food. They yes. went for those. So they ate everything. So tonight uh, at the Rose Bowl, we are having Colombia and Paraguay. Ooh. So uh, I learned that in Colombia, again, I can't make rice dishes or anything like a rose con pollo. I can't Wait, do that. Believe you, I know. I, I just really, you got to take our word on that. Leanne <laughs> is a very talented cook, <laughs> but stay away from her rice. Yeah. So I was looking for something easy to eat and empanadas are on the list. Now I'm not going to attempt to make empanadas, but we have a really good Cuban bakery nearby Porto's, which is always packed. Uh, they do Cuban and Latin American food. So they have empanadas and croquetas. So that is what we are serving tonight with some grilled chicken as the protein. And then that, and then, uh, for Mexico, Jamaica, we're just going with carne asada. <laughs> okay. Well, I mess around. So that's Lincoln. it. No, yeah. That's good. Woo. Very. I, I like that you have embraced the international uh, flavor of this of this tournament, and and that people are so appreciative of your thoughtful menus. Well, right? it's really fun. I mean, it's a big international soccer game is really fun. Although I have to say, you know, my friends who are of uh, Latino heritage, they will be the first to admit this: that they are incredibly late to everything. Right? That's they mm-hmm. just run on a different time zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some Argentine friends. And they would invite us for dinner at like six and we'd show up at six oh five and no one else would come till eight thirty. You know that is <laughs> right? I, know. I mean it's a I whole know. different clock that they're working off of. But soccer only lasts forty five minutes, the halves. No stops, you know, no timeouts, no TV. They just are running for forty five minutes. And people should were showing up like forty minutes into the first half. I just <laughs> I was like, Really? This is it. It's Saturday night. How hard is it to get here by seven PM? Like <laughs> Did you make that on the like a public service announcement I'm, to that effect? I'm doing please? it now, Julie, because we okay. had to keep standing up and sitting down in our row. And I, you know, again, there are no breaks in soccer, so the action is happening. So, but aren't you doing a lot of standing up and sitting down at a soccer match anyway? Lance? I was, yes, I was, I was. It was there was it was very exciting to watch, very exciting to watch. So there you go. That was Good. that's our Copa food for tonight. Uh, excited to be serving the croquetas. I, I love those. Potato and ham croquettes. Mm. You can't go wrong, Land. Cannot go wrong. Cannot go wrong. They are tasty treats. While you were uh, serving up all these things south of the border, Leanne, I went out to another border, the United States border. That would be Vermont. Uh, I was there up in Vermont over the weekend for my niece's wedding. I want to extend best wishes to my beautiful niece, Emily, and her new husband, Scott. Uh, they, they seem like a very, very happy couple. So we went to Vermont for a big family wedding up there. Not your family, Leanne. Not our family. My no. husband's family. Your right. husband's Just side. It. But I did enjoy the Facebook photos. I mean, they were posted instantaneously, these beautiful wedding photos. So I was happy to be included in that piece of it. It yes. looked like a beautiful, beautiful wedding. And a beautiful weather. All was good. And so as part of that, we had some downtime. I had my family there, which was my son, my grand, and, and a couple of my grandchildren. Josephine was there with her parents from Brooklyn. And my son, Nick, was there. And and my oldest daughter, granddaughter, Alice, was there. Uh, my daughter-in-law, Vera, and the two other grandchildren are in Kyrgyzstan. And that's another story that I can't go into. But it's all good. It's all good. They just could they not. They haven't been exiled or anything. No, they haven't been exiled. They just okay. could not make that swing through Vermont on their way to Kyrgyzstan. It was already too long of a flight. So anyway, we had some downtime. We were looking for some activities to do that would be fun for all ages. Well, you know what's in Vermont, Leanne, is the Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream Factory Tour. I looked it up. 
thought it would sounded like an excellent idea. It's in Waterbury, Vermont. And it said it was fun for all ages. It's summertime. And who doesn't like eating ice cream in the summer? And, uh, uh, you know, you get free samples as part of it. Uh, and so I thought, well, this would be good. So we headed off uh, a large group of us to go on the ice, Ben and Jerry's ice cream tour. And it was, as promised, first of all, the tour was only 30 minutes. Ideal amount of times. You know, right. <laughs> you really, you don't need anything longer than that, right? That They didn't that, try to stretch it out with any sort no. of too much information. No, about they kept, the they kept you moving. There was a little video. And then you got, you got to go, you got to go up and look down on this factory. And it's an adorable factory on the hill and it's the Green Mountain stately. And so everything is green and beautiful and cute. But okay, here's the thing. Now, I, I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I hope I hope you do too, right? Oh, I do. I do love Ben and Jerry's. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what. Uh, what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you know, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate free, and wild caught seafood. No antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from pros is getting great reviews. Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when I, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leon's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm -hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E. Pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. 
crazy. Yeah, I, I do. It's, it's delicious, you know, high fat, um, delicious um, ingredients. You know, who would not love it? So, but they, the tour is you are looking down on the factory floor. It's a, it's a small operation there in Waterbury, Vermont. But you can see all the stages of how they make the ice cream. But here's my problem, Leanne. You know, when you go on a factory tour, particularly of a food item, I think you want to look down on a super pristine factory floor, don't you? That's yes. Well, I've, I've done like- the Harry and David's tour several times in in Oregon. Yes, it is clean. It's a clean yes. machine there at Harry and David's. That's you what feel you good about see. it. It's That's what you want to see yeah. when you go on a food tour and you see them making food of any kind. You want to see shiny pipes and shiny floors and everything just sparkling. I mean, uh, and I don't know. It wasn't, Liam. I, I was I was really, it was like, whoa, I didn't think it was as clean as it could be. Now, I wasn't the only one. My sister-in-law, Carrie, felt the same way. She's like, she really thought they could use a little more elbow grease on the floor there to, to buff it up a little. That it just... Wow. I don't know, Leanne. Now, of course, the backdrop for me is here in Texas, our state ice cream is Bluebell ice cream. And I, it was a national story uh, about a year ago that they had a listeria outbreak at Bluebell ice cream in one of their plants. And, me- and a number of people got sick. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, sick it was a big that. deal. Yeah. It was, it was a very big deal. So, I just don't know about Ben and Jerry. I know they're very busy this time of year. They're they're really feeling the burn. You know, they're out they're out there supporting their candidate. But I believe that someone should get should should really work a little harder on that factory because it didn't it just really wasn't that shiny, Liam. Okay, you know what now that you've said that I'm gonna admit it. I don't really like Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I don't You don't? <laughs> no. You lied, Liam? I, I just... did. I lied for this because I didn't want you to feel bad, like, oh Ben and Jerry's, but I I don't trust it anymore. I feel like they're adding too much stuff to it and the ingredients doesn't taste as high quality as it used to, to me. So I'm kind of off Ben and Jerry's. I've just gone with simpler ice cream. Okay. Just too many bad ingredients. And now this, Julie, this is explosive. I knew this was going to really rock our podcast that I just like, I'm not too sure about Ben and Jerry's. Now, you know, they had a little video when we watched it. It was the whole history of Ben and Jerry's and it's very adorable and fun. But, you know, they're actually owned by Unilever. Uh, so yes, that I do know is, that. Yes. So it's, so this little factory in, uh, in Waterbury is probably not providing the ice cream that you're, you know, the Ben and Jerry's that you're you're seeing in your markets yeah. in California. I believe that there's a big factory somewhere in Thailand that is producing massive quantities of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. So I don't want to say the whole thing was a fraud, land um, yeah. and a disappointment. <laughs> but pretty close to that. But we did get free ice cream, okay. and they had a nice playground. Again, it was fun for all ages, and it was only 30 minutes. So, Well, I think that these, these corporately owned ice creams now, it's a little bit like beer. Like local beer has gotten so good yes. these days that it's hard to understand why you would buy, well, anything that the Coors company produces, for instance, you know, when your local beer is so good. And this is the same with ice cream. There's a lot of really great small batch ice creams now all over the country. So uh, I think Jen and Ben and Jerry's have lost some luster for me, especially now that I hear Just, the plant is not tidy. It's not no, it's tidy not, tidy. not tidy. Not <laughs> tidy. Okay. So we had to move on from that. And yeah. we, you know, we went to this on another, you know, uh, there's a giant organic movement going on in Vermont there, you know, they were really at the forefront of it in terms of, you know, organic farming, sustainable farming. And one of the other places that we went to visit is Shelburne farms, which is a 1400 acre working farm. It's a national history historic landmark. This is a a former Vanderbilt mansion that is right on Lake Champlain. It's absolutely spectacular to go visit. And Leanne, I was thinking of you because you, you know, you can drive around, you have animals, you can pet and, you know, and you can see, see this, you know, these beautiful grounds, but they also do some cheese making there. Oh, okay. Cheese making. And I know you are now a cheese making expert. If you recall from last week's podcast, Leanne was talking about throwing some, some, what did you, 
What'd you some dairy? I made some ricotta cheese. Yeah, I made that's right. You ricotta. threw some dairy pot- products in a pot. That was that. Those were your created words. ricotta cheese. That's okay, exactly so well, correct. well, at Shelburne Farms, Leon, they used cheese making um, techniques from the 16th century that were perfected in Cheddar, England, and okay. they make a variety of cheddar cheeses there. And I, we had the opportunity to watch the cheesemaker working and Leon, that was something she had, she had a giant uh, tank and she had this special cheese rake and she was, there's such an art and a science as how she was raking all the curds and, and then they form it all into these slabs of fresh, warm curves, curds. And then they're, you know, the whole process was good. And it was a very clean operation as compared to, you know, B and J's down in Waterbury. Okay. I liked it very much. So of course I wanted to buy some Shelburne cheese. Lynn, yeah. Because Shelburne Farms cheese. So I, you know, I bought some cheese and then I put it in my carry on bag. Oh, they shit. did, they did mention that, you know, that they, um, they ship to Whole Foods. So the Whole Foods a mile from my house, Leanne, has the same <laughs> Shelburne Farms cheese. But I wanted to buy it at Shelburne Farms, yeah. which was all good. But then, as uh, I have told you uh, off air, not on this podcast, I was then delayed uh, two days coming home because of, of a rain. Yeah. So my cheddar cheese was in my carry-on bag for for 24 hours i think it's still good it's to fine. eat i think it's fine it's Lane. fine it's, it's not like eight. they had refrigeration in 19th in 16th century that's England. what i think Lane. yeah i mean it's aged cheese so i thought a little more aging in my carry-on bag well should be fine but i would highly recommend it if you have a whole foods near you look for the brand <laughs> shelburne farms if you have a chance to go there i would skip skip the bench skip- Skip, Skip Ben and Jerry's and just go to Shelburne Farms. Oh, they have a nice, I'm on their website now, some nice gifts. The, the, farm, they, the farm and forest package, you get cheese, yes. anch, and Vermont maple syrup, which is delicious. Yes, they do. They do all of that there. They, you know, they sugar the trees. It's all done, Liam. Yep. Okay. It's, it's a great place to go visit. That so. looks very solid. That, yeah. that, okay, that's a good recommendation. Well, Julie, as I said last week, we just had incredible response to people um, really wanting to get in on the postal tour I mentioned over the summer. Uh, I posted a list of all kinds of places you could go with a postal theme from the National Postal Museum, where, of course, people had been in the Satellite Sisterhood. They had actually visited uh, the National Postal Museum and said it was great. Uh, I posted a picture of the world's, or the smallest post office in America. It's in Florida. And people loved it. So many people said, I was hoping you would post this picture. Other people posted (laughs) their own post office pictures. That's nice. Uh, Kathy posted one from Seaside, Florida, which is a really cute town. If you haven't been to Seaside, it's adorable. And they have the most charming post office. So someone posted the Seaside post office and then the Seaside post office at Christmas time. And then Mary was not going to be outdone. So she posted her pre-Revolutionary War post office in New Jersey. And apparently in Texas, there's a post office. The Buddha, Texas uh, post office was is very small, but not as small as the one in Florida. So oh. there was a lot of interest in the postal tours. And uh, then Sue let us know that she got her um, her national park stamps. Uh, at, she was psyched about those. And of course, I mentioned the Smithsonian Postal Museum in Washington, D.C., and they are running a special exhibit about the national parks and the new stamps. So there you go. There's more, uh, postal news. So I just wanted to tell the Satellite Sisterhood about another, uh, kind of tour. Uh oh. <laughs> what happened? Uh, I was looking, I had it on my phone. I, I have a lot of devices out today for all my. <laughs> Because so CNN was running a story on best swimming cities, and I will post that. I know we have some swimmers here. I've done swimming tours before where you can go, like, swim island to island. But this was just actual cities, everything from Paris to Berlin to London to Rio, where there was good – to New York City, where there was great swimming. So I'm going to post that list of great swimming cities at the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. So in case you're not a postal fan, but you are a swim fan, (laughs) 
there's something you can do this summer. I think that's a great idea, Lynn. I I look forward to it. And I assume we're going to have a good response to that. I feel like we have set a swimmers. Yeah, we have a strong swimming contingent too. Yes. Uh, Yes. So I'm just going to be on the lookout for weird and wacky tours for the summer. For sure. (laughs) Satellite Sisterhood. For sure. All right. We're going to take a uh, short break. We have a message here from Harry's. Thanks to Harry's for sponsoring Satellite Sisters. And they have a special Father's Day gift we want you to know about. So stay tuned. And then we'll be back because Julie's going to tell us all about the importance of grit. We're back. We're the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne in Pasadena, California, here with my sister Julie in Dallas, Texas. All right, Julie, you have a story about grit. And this is a word I've been hearing a lot about. I feel like it's a new buzzword. Apparently, uh, high schools are teaching grit curriculum now. Uh-huh. What, is, what is happening with grit? This is, it's a, the new four-letter word, and grit. I mean, I, I got onto it because I saw um, an, an editorial that was entitled, Goodbye, Tiger Mom, Hello, Gritologist. And it oh. was a trend about this is yet another parenting trend that we have to get involved in. But I think it's, grit is for people of all ages. It was popularized by a University of Pennsylvania psychologist, An- Angela Duckworth. Okay. And it's about what she's trying to measure because she uh, she's trying to measure and she feels like these attributes, you know, certain attributes really have a lot more to do with achievement than, say, SAT scores. She says that perseverance and passion for long-term goals is key, that you have to have the ability or, you know, the desire to work strenuously and to maintain that effort over a longer period of time. And that you have to have the ability to face adversity, deal with failures, deal with plateaus, and that these non-cognitive skills, you know, are really, these are what make people successful. And that you should also have a great element of curiosity, you know, and that you should be resilient and that you should have, possess a large amount of self-control. Okay. And that... These are, you know, this, if you want your child or if you want to be successful in life, these are the things that she feels in her research, not feels, but that she's found in her research can make the difference. And so then the next thing that she's looked at, um, uh, Professor Duckworth has has looked at, is can grit be taught? And she believes, yes, it can. It can be included in a curriculum that you can uh, set up, create situations where students are given, you know, long-term goals to work on or where they are, or they're asked to work at a very strenuous level for a longer period of time, that you don't always praise them for their smartness, that you should praise them for their tenacity, Liam. How about that? But uh, you're, you're sound, you sound like you don't want to deal with this, not one bit. I mean, she has a test. If you go, if you go uh, Google Angela Duckworth, uh, you can take a tenacity test yourself, which I did, Leanne, just, oh. just to see what my grit level was. And it's on a score. Are you tenacious, Jay? Is that it? Are you? <laughs> What's happening there? Well, I mean, to me, when I, it's a, like a ten, it's a ten question survey, Leanne, and it's one of those surveys where you can kind of skew your answers. Yeah. It's like you know, are do you work hard? You know, sometimes, never, all the time. You know, these are the response yeah. prompts that she gives. So it's pretty easy to like skew your survey results. But the good thing about this survey is that it gives you results right away. So on a scale of zero to five with uh, cheating on the survey, I scored a 4.5, Leanne. <laughs> wow, you're gritty. I, I'm gritty. I, apparently, I'm, um, my score is 80% better than um, every, you know, most Americans. So I'm in the top 20th percentile. I think I could have scored higher if I take it again. I, I know I can score higher on this test, Liam. I'm going to show that grittiness, that tenacity, okay? <laughs> you understand? I mean, I, so what is good about this is that I think it's the recognition and the science behind, the behavioral science behind the idea that there are, you know, in addition to intellectual capabilities, sometimes 
you know, personal attributes, these non-cognitive skills can really have a dramatic, um, you know, impact on the outcome. I think that's fair to say. I think that like intuitively we can, we see that, you know, that people that work harder, it's not always the smartest person in the class that, you know, it's sometimes just good, hard work. Those people can get ahead uh, better than others. So, I mean, this is interesting information because it may be that, you know, people who don't have perfect SAT scores or ACT scores may, may in fact be, you know, better, more highly motivated students, uh, you know, than someone with a higher score. So, uh, you know, is this something that schools can take into account? Is it something, uh, that, you know, that colleges can take into account, possibly, you know, um, it also that, you know, she has, she has, there's been additional research about what you as a parent can do to encourage this grittiness, this sandpaperiness. That's what they call it, Leanne. You want your, I can see you're saying, oh, gee. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking everything becomes like, can I get into college with this now? So yeah, of course, you know, kids should learn to like not give up all the time, be a little bit tougher, shake stuff off, be more resilient. I didn't, <laughs> I don't know. Is that something you can teach? I mean, I guess if you don't rush in and like finish their homework for them or finish a project or, you know, bail them out of doing chores, I guess that's what it means. But that seems pretty self-explanatory. But is that it? Is there something more That's to part it? of it. It's praising okay. them for their tenacity, not their smartness. Mm-hmm. Like they put in a lot of effort into a project, yeah. even if they didn't get an A. Allowing your child to get frustrated, so not doing their homework for them, yeah. you know, uh, Focus on the effort, not the grades. Uh, you know, if did they make an effort or, uh, and that failure is not something to be afraid of. You know, that I think we, you know, a lot, we all want our kids to, you know, to be perfect from time to time. And that, you know, sometimes like losing a match or losing a game or doing poorly on a test, you have to learn how to bounce back from that. I mean, okay. that's part that's of it. Legitimate. So I think, that's a legitimate I think reminder. That is, that, is a, that is a good, you know, idea. And I think that's something to, to be done. But whether we all now we need to have gritologists, as this editorial <laughs> said, that you need to hire like a private grit consultant to work with your child. I, See, I that's why I'm, yeah, that's the problem. You know, yeah. we take what's probably a normal you know, attribute in like any other country in the world. And we, then we hire someone to do, do it for us. <laughs> right. Right. That's it. That, you know, maybe, maybe your child at, at 12 is not going to have an inner passion. Okay. But that's, you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to try to help them find that, or, you know, maybe they don't have a higher purpose at 15, you know, <laughs> I think that's possible. I would argue most don't at 15. I don't know. I've met so, a lot of 15-year-olds. They're higher it, purposes themselves. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but I it I think if you can take this with a grain of salt, yeah. you know, rather than, you know, just, I, I'm not sure you want to, you know, you want to just go hog wild. You might want to look, consider your own grittiness. You know, how do you, you know, how well as adults do you bounce back from failures, from plateaus, from difficulties? You know, how, you know, have you abandoned your own goals? You know, do you let other things distract you? And I think the answer is many, yes, for most adults, all of those things are happening. So why we should want like superior behavior in our children from behavior that we're not doing, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's always the key there. We want our kids yeah. to have a better resume than we do. That's yeah. why. Yeah, that's why. So, but I thought of this grittiness in response to the other worldwide um, story that happened this week, that of the abandoned Japanese boy. I'm sure you read about it, Leanne, the seven-year-old Yamato, Yamato Tanuka, he was lost in a dense bear infested forest for six days because his parents put him out of the car. They were punishing him because he had been throwing rocks at cars and people and they wanted to teach him a lesson lesson and they put him out of the car and left him in the forest for a second and drove down the street. And then they came back for him like like five minutes later and he was gone. And it led to this like six day search for him. Fortunately, he had found a military hut about three miles from where his parents had <laughs> abandoned him. And he, and there was tap water there and he was able to drink tap water. Uh, but it, you know, the father was 
personally shamed. He was humiliated. You know, he's been uh, he's been crucified on the Internet, you know, for this bad behavior. And it sparked this giant worldwide parenting debate about, you know, about discipline and about, you know, where the line abandoning your seven year old on yes, the side in of a bear a- in, in a bear infested woods. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And yet, if you see the photograph of Yamato, he is like smiling with thumbs up when he's been, when he, when they finally find him. He's gritty. He's a gritty kid. I think he's got some sandpaper in him, Lynn. That's what I think. So I am going to be one of the people not judging parents on the internet. Uh, I don't know why this happened. Doesn't seem like a good idea, but, uh, but I, I think the, the, the parents have been shamed and apparently the, the son is has forgiven his father. That's that's the <laughs> well now this week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Good point, Liam. Good point. <laughs> He's going to be milking that for decades. Though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I I do like the fact that it's created sort of national soul searching in Japan about their parenting techniques. That it's just it reminded me when I first heard the story. I mean, you can only joke about it because the little boy somehow managed to survive, and that is extraordinary. Like that little boy, that's extraordinary. And of course, I like the fact that they went back. They claim they went first. They claim they went back and got him after five minutes. You know, it was probably longer. But yeah. a lot of little kids just would have sat there and cried. But that right. kid took off. Like, <laughs> he did. He did. He's got grit, Liam. He just—he had an inner passion. He had an inner passion, Liam. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's—they totally tried to lie about it at the beginning. The parents and, yes. and that yes. you just, you, yeah, because you know you've done something wrong. But who? Uh, but it reminded me when you, you know, when you're working with the dog trainer, and they say basically either punish the dog like right then for what they've done, yeah, or don't bother because it's not like the dog knows a half an hour later when you yell at them about like remember when you know we were on our walk and you did that like the dog doesn't know what you're punishing them for. But I actually always found that to be helpful with kids too. Like they usually don't know what you're punishing them for. A half an hour later, like it's done. You either have to punish them on the spot, like say something on the spot or just forget it. So I think it's a good dog trick, but uh, the, yeah, we're leaving you by the side of the road. Woo. Okay. Hey, speaking of black holes. uh, All right. (laughs) Okay, the New York Times today had a very complicated article about black holes. Now, I'm not going to try to summarize the entire article because I'm not capable of it. But, Julie, I just want to give you a few of the headlines because I know you've been worried. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day... Just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, Liz. A youthful glow is going to (laughs) happen. And it's infused with Osea's signature Undaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned, too, is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code Sat Sisters at oseamalibu.com. 
and you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Liz, you know we love talking about FrameBridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like I know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and FrameBridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but FrameBridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like... going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or see a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's FrameBridge.com. Thanks, FrameBridge. It does. Uh, it keeps me up at night, Leanne. What I, if I get sucked into a black hole? What happens? You know, what yeah. happens if you get sucked into a black hole? And it used to be this concept that you get sucked into a black hole. That's it. Like no information, no light, nothing is ever getting out again. But that was in complete controversy to what was believed to be true that the universe doesn't lose information that, that literally that stardust out there is what we were made of and billions of years ago and what we will continue to be made of billions of years from now. That's how astrophysicists think of the universe. All the information is there. It just reconfigures itself, but it's not lost. And they couldn't explain then, well, then what happens in a black hole? Because that seems to suck all the information in and nothing gets out. But Stephen Hawking told us this week, no, don't worry. If you are trapped in a black hole, don't give up, Julie. There is a way out. Okay, so these are Leon and Stevens' uh, seven tips for getting out of a black hole. Go I mean, ahead, sister. It's like gritty. It's like it's like being gritty. You're going to get out of that black hole. Now you may not look the same when you get out of the black hole. <laughs> you may be reconfigured as like I don't know a lawn chair or something, but you're going to get out. Okay. A really fascinating article about all the work they've done. And it is interesting when you talk about grit because these scientists literally work on these tiny, these huge questions, but these tiny points of science for decades and decades and decades. So uh, this is about Stephen Hawking and his two, his two colleagues uh, who have been working on this question about black holes and information and where does it go for 40 years. And hmm. they actually dug up some papers from 40 years ago thinking, well, maybe there's something in here that suggests that gravity isn't quite as ruthless as we thought it might be. And that's how they got, they were sent off into this new direction from research research that was 40 years old. But here's the interesting part of their research, a term I liked. Uh, and so I feel like you can start throwing this around in your everyday conversation. Okay, Lynn. Okay. So uh, the whole idea of the black hole is that like, you just have to look at it from the right point of view. We would, they, they describe themselves as scientists looking at it from the precipice in going, how are we going to get stuff out of there? And now they're taking a much longer perspective. They're looking at it from a far distance in time, the far future, okay? They are looking at black holes from the far future. And apparently the far future in scientific talk is known as null infinity, okay? 
So, so null infinity, that's my word of the, my phrase of the day, Land. There you go. Null infinity is where light rays go if they are not trapped in a black hole, according to uh, Dr. Strominger from Harvard. But I also believe it's where, like, your socks go when you put them in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> it's where your car keys are when you yes. can't find them. It's where the name of your college roommate is when, as a 55-year-old woman, you cannot recall her name. It just goes into null infinity. That name of that really good restaurant you went to and you want to recommend it to your son, and it's it's in null infinity. It's in right. null infinity. Okay. 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 I get it, Leanne. This is it. So that's all you need to know. It's not lost. We're going to be able to get out of those black holes. And where whatever information you once had stored right at your fingertips and it's gone, yeah. null infinity is where it no. is. So that, okay. Okay. that's very reassuring, Leah. It is, isn't it? It's yes, it is. You know, the name of that restaurant, Julie, that the actress that starred in that movie you saw last weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's in there. <laughs> you're just you're, you're looking too closely at it. Okay. It's a great okay. perspective. You still have the information. You just can't access it right now. Okay. Null, null infinity. Null infinity. I, I wrote that down. I put an exclamation point <laughs> next to it, Leanne, in my notes. Just okay. toss that around at your next party. I think people are going to be impressed. <laughs> okay, Leanne. I love it. All right. Well, good reporting. And so if you just didn't understand anything that Leanne just said in the last five minutes, now's the time to perk up because we're going to be talking about shoes, Leanne. And everybody understands shoes, okay? Is that clear? USA Today had a survey, national survey, a pretty large sample size of about shoes. Uh, So how many shoes do you think the average woman owns, Liam? Just take a guess. 20. 20, okay. And how many shoes do you think the average man owns? 10. 10. Okay, you're closer with men. Okay. 11 is the number of shoe average, average number of shoes that men who responded to the survey own. Okay. For women, it's 30. 30. 30 shoes. Do you have 30 pairs of shoes? Uh, I, of shoes? No, I think I probably have around 20. It doesn't help that my feet keep growing, so I have to keep just <laughs> tossing shoes. Like I got if anyone is a seven and a half, call me because I got a whole bunch of those I need to get rid of. I don't have, I'm not a big shoe person. Uh So, uh, but even I have 20 pairs and I'm not a big shoe person. Yeah. I don't have 30. I thought that seemed like a lot of shoes. That's a lot of shoes, but maybe people are just holding on to shoes, which is my next question for you, Leanne. How old would you say on average you in your closet? How old are your shoes? How many years old? Oh, a couple years old. Maybe it depends because I don't, you know, I've, yeah, it depends. If they're if they're black tie shoes and I wear them twice a year, they're older than that. But again, yeah. my feet keep growing, so, so I'm really you, yeah, no you, you yeah you you do, you should not be in this sample because no. you seem like an outlier. Your yeah. feet uh, feet seem like outliers, Leanne. The average most pair for most people, most of their shoes are somewhere between five to nine years old, which well, that's seems pretty that, old. That's pretty old too. Yeah, because I like as sneakers, I go through. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah, I go through those pretty quickly. And, and then uh, you t- do you toss them? I toss them. Uh, well, no I, I have, I donate, toss. Yes, yeah. I do. I have done a lot of that, Leanne. So I don't have that, you know, I have a couple pairs of shoes that I, you know, I only wear, you know, I, I, that I haven't worn in a long time, but I can't throw them away. I just sort of like them. So yeah, they're, yeah but, uh, but you realize that 14% of people have at least one pair of shoes that are 20 or more years old. 20 years old? 20 years old. I have a pair of boots that's 20 Yeah, boots. I have a, well, that I've kept sort of as for sentimental reasons. No, no, I have like boots that I wear. Oh, that I, you wear that are 20? 20 years old. Yep. I have, I have 20 year old boots, but that's, that's, uh, that seems, that seems old for, uh. It does so seem that, really old. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I don't know. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the shoe survey? Well, that's the whole shoe survey, Leanne. I know it's a little more complicated than black holes, but I think you did a good job with it, Leanne. Okay, so, so let me under if I understand correctly. <laughs> what women have thirty pairs of shoes, and some of them are old. Is that, is that correct? Yes, yes. Now you know, Leon. We talked about this before we started the podcast. I told you, I was. <laughs> 
I was working with I was working with material that was from one little colored box in a USA Today paper. Okay. It had one picture of a shoe. There wasn't a lot of information. Okay. All right. I told you not to press press the <laughs> okay. But right. you seem to have gotten the major major points. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Oh. Ooh, I have to move on to this beauty tip that I okay. think is going to change your life. Okay. I don't know if it's weighty enough to follow the shoe survey, but. Um. Okay. All right, Julie. There is a famous celebrity facialist in New York, and her name is Joanna Check. Okay. Uh, getting a little feedback here. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> for which I have no answer other than to move <laughs> the mic around. Is it null? <laughs> is it null infinity, Liam? Oh, I think I fixed it. Did okay. I, I believe I fixed it. Okay. Uh, all right. So this woman's name is Joanna Check, and uh, she's a celebrity facialist who apparently defies all modern convention. Okay. She uses cold uh, toner to open your pores. Uh, she, you know, she puts a lot of prickly things on your face that makes them sting instead of soothing lotions and things like that. Um, but apparently she's a magician. Okay. She has this. <laughs> magician. A what? A what? <laughs> she is a French magician. A magician. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, she has this series of face massages that you can go in for 12 back-to-back deep tissue face massages all right and her trick for application is this that it's like a workout the same way you work out your muscles and Mm -hmm. then you apply moisturizer after you got to work out your face and then apply your moisturizer What so, does that mean? Does she so, punch? She punches you, or what? What, what, what? tissue massage, Julie. So okay. here's what she wants us to do at home, because I'm sure we can't afford her, uh, and we okay. certainly don't have the time to go to twelve back-to-back deep tissue face massages every day. So uh, your nighttime routine, she said. Basically, if you're not doing a nighttime routine, you're an idiot. And apparently, she talks like that. Apparently, she's very, you know, very Brutal. direct when she okay. talks. All right. She wants you to stop over exfoliating. And adopting beauty practices just because they worked for your friend because you are special and unique. But here's what she does want you to do. She wants you to have this nighttime routine because she claims that products absorb 60% better when you're relaxing. Now, that's a a bogus statistic, but I'm going to go with it. (laughs) Okay. Here's what you need to do. You need to cleanse. Okay. Then you need to do this that we always say we're going to do and we don't. Apply some form of toner. Julie. No, I, I have bought toner. I have, I have like bottles of toner. I never use. I, well, this is what the, she wants you to do this. You cleanse, you do some toner that evens out the pH in your skin. And apparently okay. that's very important. And then you get your moisturizer, whatever moisturizer you want, whatever type suits you best. You coat your hands with the moisturizer and then you spend at least 30 seconds rubbing the moisturizer into your entire face, your neck, and your decolletage to help the skin better absorb. Okay? Okay. Just coat your hands and massage it in every night. 30 seconds, skin, chest, face. Got it? I got it, Leanne. I'm going to try it. I like the way you say I think you should open up a facial <laughs> salon, Leanne. Well, now I that you've got of- those French words. Magician. Yes. Okay. I'm just trying it now. 30 seconds is a lot longer than you think, you know? And she said in the morning, if you have time, you don't even need the cleanser. Just splash water, toner, moisturizer. Okay. Massage your face, Julie. I don't think it's too late. Better late, better now than never, you know? Okay. Okay, Liam. Right? Better now than never. Better now than ever. There's our beauty tip. All right, Julie. Now we're going to go to Outlander, some Outlander thoughts. Uh, This, we, we skipped last week. But they're back in Scotland, and isn't it a huge relief just to see them back in Scotland? 
Oh, to be back in Scotland, Leanne. The kilts, the dark castles, the rolling hills, the Scottish accents, the dirty faces, and Claire is no longer wearing a love seat. Thank I, goodness. I, I, just, I know. She's- I, I mean, I was so much more relaxed uh, watching these episodes, Leanne. I just could sit back. I was comfortable. We don't have any more prissy drawing room scenes. I, you know, I, I just... I didn't care about the plot at all in France, okay? And everybody's happier, Leanne, don't yeah. you think? So they've sort of given up on trying to stop the Jacobite revolution, right. and they're just trying to go with it now. Jamie's returned to Scotland. He's going to train his own army. He's got some support, not a lot. He has support from his uncle, Dougal, who's back, you know, Dougal the Snake, who uh, looked great. I mean, this is the problem. I, weren't you glad to see him back on the scene? <laughs> I was like, when he rode in or the scenes where he has his shirtless with the big swords, thank goodness. No more of those like prissy knickers and those all those ruffles. I mean, I, the fabric was beautiful in France. I like that part of it. But other than that, it was like, oh, so boring. So this, there's much more action. People yeah, are riding on horses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're training. They're training for the war. And this episode, Julie, I have to say, I did think it was called Je suis play, I'm ready. Uh, it was, I, I thought it, it served, the time travel served this episode well. Because Claire was clearly having flashbacks from her time in World War II as she watched Jamie and his men prepare for this upcoming battle in which she knows they're going to get slaughtered. So, uh, so I thought that was very effective. This, the World War II scenes, like I like when they go back to that. We saw Claire as a nurse, a battlefield nurse, you know, riding in a Jeep, losing the men that she was riding with. She was really having post-traumatic stress disorder, really. Yes, she, she was certainly having. was. Yeah, but I agree with you. The time travel, I can't even believe I'm saying this. I know. It made sense, Leanne. The time travel made it made sense. sense to me. And I think that's a better theme from for I, and they're all, you know, last week's episode, they had a little too much witchiness, uh, you know, about Claire being a witch. Yeah. I wasn't too happy about that. I mean, I didn't like that whole theme when she was in France. Just go back to let's just get back to regular old time travel with Claire. That's a that's a good role for her. OK, so I like that. I like that Jamie and Claire are lovey-dovey again, Lynn. There yeah. were good scenes there, yeah. you know. So that um, that was that made me happy. Yeah, and I just liked Jamie basically back in the kilt where he belongs. Like yes. that's just so much more satisfying. Yes, he France was dressed. Yeah, France was not good for him. I don't think. No, I don't think so either, Lynn. You know, the the stubbled beard looks better as he was addressing his troops. His passion for Scotland, his passion for La Lebrach and all of that, you know, it was good, Leanne. Okay, my one, okay, here's my big complaint. Yeah, yeah. In this, in this most recent episode, the Je suis Press episode, I, once again, they are using sexual assault as a plot device, okay? In this case, Claire and Jamie use the pretense of a sexual assault uh, to trick a British soldier into telling, you know, spilling the beans about where the British troops are. I, was, I, I, mean, I hear you. I feel you. I, I knew I, as soon as I watched that scene that you were going to mention that. Because yes. it, it, was, it was disturbing in light of the actual sexual assaults we've seen in the show. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. right. So I just, there must be, I mean, writers, I mean, I, I, I just, they must have, are, were all these sexual assaults in the books? I don't know. Uh, maybe you tell me, Lee, and I didn't read the book. Yes, they were. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember, you know, it's different when you're reading about it versus seeing it. Yeah. I don't remember Jamie's sexual assault coming back time and time again. You know, there were the flash, they, there weren't really flashbacks in the book, if you know what I mean. Right. So it's like it happened in book one, but I don't feel like we relived it in the books as much as we did in the TV show. Although I have to say, I have not read them in decades. So I read the first book again when the new series came out, but I read them as they were originally coming out 25 years ago. So my memory of that could be wrong, but uh, yeah, there was, that was definitely a plot device again this week. You had mentioned it two weeks ago and, and I I think you're entitled to that opinion. You're absolutely entitled to that observation because it is true. feels like they need to move on from that, that as a fallback position all the time. 
though it does underscore the brutality of the time. But unfortunately, the time is still brutal. So we, we look around and it's disturbing with all the news we see about rape, use and warfare and the headlines right. this week about the, the Stanford student and the, and the woman that was you know raped behind a dumpster. All, all this stuff, it's still in the news. So it is disturbing to see it sort of reduced as a piece of trickery like mm-hmm. it was this mm-hmm. week. So yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Okay, sister. Fair. All right. Fair. All right. Well, as, I, well, as I understand, there's going to be a 90-minute uh, uh, finale land. So, oh, okay. So set your DVRs Is that next that. week already? Yes, I believe it is. Land. Okay, because oh. it looked like they were headed into the actual battle. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, we got there pretty fast. They trained those hapless troops in a day. <laughs> Those poor got, guys with the pitchforks. I know, I know. Them. And they've got the trench feet. Uh, yeah. They're they're in trouble. They're in trouble, Liam. I'm sure they have trench everything. You know. <laughs> yes, there, there's a lot of that. Okay. Trench everything. All right, Jewel. Uh, okay, so with next week's season finale, perfect. Um, today is voting day here in California and many other states. I saw people, our friends in New Jersey, our satellite sisters in New Jersey are voting. Very excited to go vote today because I have a voting date with my 18-year-old son, Colin, his first day voting. So we're going together. We're going to get our I Voted stickers. And I'm just excited to do that. You know, that's, that's a great I thing think to That's a great on. thing to do. Uh, you know, I love it when you see kids coming with their parents uh, to vote of all ages. So that that's good. Get out and vote, Leanne. You get, should. Get yeah. out and vote. That's right. It's not over yet. That's what I, mean, I would say. I, listen, Leanne, I was in Vermont this past weekend. It is not over yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, I <laughs> they don't be... think it's over. They don't, they don't think it's over in Vermont. So just vote. You should vote. Okay. I want it to be over for reals tonight, but I, it's not over yet. So go head out and vote people head out and vote. All right, Jill, anything else going on this week? Nope. That's it, Leanne. I, I'm, I'm on my summer schedule now. I have some, I'm in heavy rotation on some babysitting assignments. Uh, and so it's all good. All right. Well, we just have soccer games uh, to to cover here and doing some writing. So uh, looking forward to that. All right. Don't forget, Harry's is our sponsor for this show and for next week's show. If you want to get in on cost. All right. Don't forget, call your satellite sister. 